Well, good morning. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday morning. Listen, we have a very exciting guest, and I'm glad to be back with Breakfast with the Broker. Uh, our last episode was actually a Leadership Academy um, at the Florida Realtors Convention. So uh, we have some really, really exciting guests right now, and uh, I hope uh, you're you're in for a treat. So, And now, by way of Senatobia, Mississippi, he's an agent at REMAX Experts. He is a former Ole Miss wide receiver. He's also a former honorable mention All-American track athlete at Ole Miss. He has his master's in accounting. He is a husband, son, brother, and a real estate investor. His favorite food is chicken wings. He is so special they call him by one letter, Q. Stand up and make some noise for Quintavious Burdett. <laughs> What's up, Q? Man, you sound like you've done this before. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, no, thanks, man. Thanks for being here, and uh, we certainly appreciate it. You know, listen, um, you're getting uh, you're getting a little pub. I gotta say, you know, uh, you know, I, I see you on Inman. I see you in uh, all these uh, podcasts and speaking around the country. And uh, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming on Breakfast with the Broker and you know sharing some insights because you know agents these days you know they get into the business and it used to be that you know you had to be experienced in order to do business you know the the right. the people that were 15 20 years in the business were making you know most of the you know the lion's share of of the money um that certainly isn't true how long have you been in the business q a little over two and a half years so it's about two years and now nine months uh <laughs> yep yep and, um, you know, you started uh, in, in the business and, you know, the crazy thing is, is and, and I hear all these stats and, and I'll ask you, you know, you know, your first year in the business, how many transaction sizes did you end up doing? I did 106 transactions my first year, first 12 months. That's crazy. Yes, That's crazy. So, like, you know, I mean, what advice or. How, you know, more of how'd you do it? Because, you know, agents get into this business and, you know, they think they have to buy leads. They think they have to, you know, spend all this money and it's going to be instant gratification. I'm, I'm going to buy, you know, all these different portals. Um, how did you do it? So for me, uh, when I first got in, I didn't have any money, so I couldn't spend it. So, you know, in life, you can do one or two things. You can pay for it or you can work for it. And, that's my whole life. I had to work. I had to put in what they call sweat equity. Uh, I couldn't go to anybody and say, hey, I have this much money. Let me uh, buy into this deal. No, I have this much work ethic. Let me work for you and uh, show you how I can make this deal work. So for me, uh, I first started out, man, my first 30 days in the business, I talked to over 6,000 people. Uh, I was just cold calling, door knocking, going to Kroger, uh, just really putting that time and that work in. And I didn't know I was going to sell 106 houses. You never know that. What I knew is, and when I told my uh, owner, Sammy, of, of Remax, the owner of Remax is, hey, my first year in the business, I'm going to do 500000 in GCI. And everyone looked at me like I was crazy. Like I, I, I've, I've said something that I shouldn't have. And, and I've heard it so many times. How many people I need on my team to do that? How many years of experience I need to do that? And so I put my head down. And I didn't look up until I was at about 400 and I had about a month and a half left in the year. Uh, and I said, you know what? I'm almost there. And I put my head down again and poof, 
500,000. I made chairman's my first year, 106 houses later, uh, and I proved everyone wrong. So uh, that's kind of how I did it, man. And I'll go more in detail as, as, as this podcast goes on to say, this is exactly what I was saying. This is how I was saying. This is where I was going uh, at a later time. You know, and, and that's an important point because, you know, there are so many people that, um, you know, despite uh, what people think, you know, they don't want to see you successful, right? They, you know, they say, oh, you can't do this. They, they, they enter in their own limited beliefs um, into your system and say, hey, you know what, Q, you, there's no way you're going to do that. Nobody does that. No, no one's ever done that before. You know, and, um, you know, and then, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you equate it to football, right? It, you know, um, who, who would have thought that the Las Vegas Raiders would beat the Baltimore Ravens last night? Not know, me. Um, crazy game, right? But, you know, that's why they play the game. You know, you, you, you they all said that, you know, Las Vegas was going to get killed, blown out, you know, what have you. And, um, you know, that's why they play the game because you play with yeah. a chip on your shoulder, you know. So uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, that maybe – you know, not necessarily chip, but you know, when people tell you you can't do something, what's your first reaction? Oh, my first reaction is is, is immediately prove them wrong, show them why uh, that statement shouldn't come out of their mouth. You know, um, it, it, it's it's some things you should say, shouldn't say, and to me, if you want to piss me off, tell me I can't do something. Tell me something is is impossible that I'm trying to accomplish. And you'll see me go into a mode, man. It's it's it's, it's just unbeat, you know. I, I've never I've never had my back against the wall and, and and not come out swinging. So every time, that's what I, I I challenge and I hope folks to say, hey, you can't do it. But what I've realized is this, David, I can't go out and challenge anyone else simply because everyone doesn't respond that way. You know, they they take it as oh, man, Q is being hard on me or Q is trying to give me something uh, to do that's impossible. Whereas, you know, when I tell somebody, hey, I've sold this many houses this year, you need to sell at least 20% of those. Where are you this year? You know, they feel like uh, I'm trying to give them a task that's, that's, that's not obtainable. And all I'm trying to do is motivate. And I have to realize that, you know, most folks aren't motivated the same way I am by uh, people saying what I can't do or they saying what's impossible for uh, just a general person in my position. Uh, so that's something that I've, I've learned and I've taken and, you know, trying to figure out multiple ways to motivate other people. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you think about it, you know, some people, when you say they can't do something, they, you know, they, they curl up in a fetal position in the corner, yeah. you know, um, that's just how they react to certain situations, you know, um, and then others like yourself, you know, uh, power through it and, and, and challenge themselves because, uh, um, you know, that's, that's their makeup and mindset as well. So, you know, you know, we, we say all these big numbers and we say, you know, you've been in the business, you know, t- um, two years and what, nine months. Right. And, right. and, you know, the first, first year you did 106 transaction sides, you know, this year you've done, I think over 130 or so, um, mm-hmm. transactions, you know, and, you know, so let's talk specifically, you know, your first day as a real estate licensee, you know, um, you know, you picked, uh, I, I believe it was Sammy, a, a friend at, at the time, or you already knew him before. So you picked a broker that you uh, believed and trusted. You know, what did you do your first day as a licensee? Yeah. So uh, I think, I think the, the mindset of it, let's go back 
four and a half months first. All right, because four and a half months before I actually got my license, I was working at KPMG in Atlanta. And uh, I was kind of doing math on, hey, what am I worth? What are they paying me? And I figured out how much money they was making off me. So I kind of just Googled what profession can I make what I'm worth in? You know, real estate popped up. Guys, two, two and a half years ago, I knew nothing about real estate. Not one thing about real estate. My family knew nothing about real estate. My mom has owned uh, her house. But, you know, come to find out years and years and years later, now that I'm knowledgeable, uh, that's the only house she's owned. Other houses we've lived in has been rentals. You know, so, you know, I don't come from a background of real estate. Uh, so, you know, I kind of Googled and a video popped up on how to make 100000 in your first year. And I was making 60 fresh out of college. And now someone just gave me a formula to make 100. I was like, boom, I'm all in. So the very next day, I put a two-week notice in. Like, I didn't think about it any further. I put a two-week notice in, moved back from Atlanta, moved home got a real estate license, got an apartment. I had $6,000 left to my name. Well, to get my license, that cost me about 1200 bucks. Uh, once you pay for your license, you pay your board dues. So now I'm down to like 4400 bucks uh, after, you know, gas and eating. So now I'm at home, 4400 bucks. My rent uh, where I'm staying is 1050 So I have four months to live before I have to go back home and live with my parents. Uh, so, man, my first day of real estate with all that pressure and, and wanting to make it and keep in mind, I've heard now from everybody who, who've known me how crazy I am for leaving this good paying job. You know, my parents would make over $30,000 a year. So to them, that was a great paying job. Uh, and that other folks around me, you know, accounting gets, it opens more doors. You shouldn't have left me hearing all this from other folks. Uh, so I called Sammy on my way home. And I was just trying to find some side work. Um, and I told him what I was doing. He was like, Q, you should keep in mind, Sammy, before I went to KPMG, he told me that I should work for his Remax and do accounting. I didn't know Remax was a real estate company. Uh, but he said, hey, you should work for my Remax and do accounting. So when I called Sammy and he said, hey, uh, you know, go go talk to Bill. He's at Remax. I said, look, Sammy, I'm out of, I'm out of accounting. I'm not trying to do accounting. He said, no, 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 Q. Remax is a real estate company. I said, oh, okay. Now you're talking. I go talk to Bill. And when I talk to Bill, knowing Sammy already, like I said, I knew Sammy from college. Uh, knowing Sammy, and, and he told me he, Sammy owned it. I was like, okay, this is a no-brainer. I feel at home. Uh, so signed up. First day, man, I got Red X. And I called. I got in the office like 7.30 that morning. I called. It was like 5 in the afternoon all day long calling, 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 because I didn't have a script. I was practicing. I knew going into that call session that it was going to be something new. I was going to be very, very green to it, but I needed to kind of figure out what works and what don't. So, man, I just started, boom, spinning it out, boom, call after call after call after call after call until I started to see some folks saying yes. So in athletics, you have to have a muscle memory. If you don't have muscle memory, uh, the guys who do will beat you up. Same thing with the calls. If you don't have a way to 
uh, figure out, hey, this worked. I'm going to say this again and have that muscle memory in your brain to let that come out. Then you're not going to do well on the phone. You'll always be a uh, 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 uh type person. But I have a solution for that now because I have a five steps to cold calling that if you follow those, it'll be very, very easy to host a conversation on the phone with someone in a cold call setting. But when I first started, I had to figure all that out. But my muscle memory would kick in and then I figured out, okay, this worked. If I do it this way, this way, ah, oh, that didn't work. I'm not going to say that again. So I started to kind of take notes mentally on what was working and then boom, it started, man. It started going like an oil machine. It started to where I would make a phone call uh, and if it would take me, you know, 150 calls to get somebody to say, hey, come out here and just look at my house, man, it dropped down to like 70. And then it dropped to now, you know, I can make 40, 50 calls and have a good conversation as long as folks are answering the phones to where I can go out there and be in somebody's living room. You know, so it, it, it's exciting to see the work in progress to go from zero to where I am now. And a lot of folks look at me and say, man, you've done this in a short period of time. But I've worked my tail off much longer and much more than someone who's probably been in the business 10 years. I've put in more work in these three years. And that's why I'm getting the results that I'm getting. It's not because, you know, oh, it's, it's easier. Man, it's, it's 4,000 houses sell in my market. Not in my city, in my entire market of the year. You see what I'm saying? It's over 4,000 agents in my market. So for me to come in in my first year and to crumble up 106 of those, it, it, it only attests to, A, I was committed, and, and God woke me up every single day and said, son, get after it. And I did, and I didn't make any excuses, you know? So uh – you know, you mentioned a, uh, a five-step uh, way of, of cold calling. You yes. know, um, you know, and, and and people don't understand that. You know, real estate is practice. You know, uh, you know, people say, oh, "I'm not going to cold call," or "I'm not going to door knock," or "I'm not yeah. going to do," you know, these things because I don't like to do it, or "I'm not good at it," or, or what have you. You know, but you know, you have to practice those. You know, you know, people yeah. don't become good cold callers overnight. They they become good cold callers just like in football you, you yeah. practice 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 and you know you, you look on you look on sunday or saturday and, and you look at these football players making these amazing catches they've made these catches a hundred times a thousand mm -hmm. times in practice you know so you know a lot of a lot of them are just used to it like you call you know you talk about muscle memory so what are you your five steps to cold calling yeah so it's, it's fairly simple and it's a uh, low pressure approach that I figured that, you know, that works the best when you're on the phones. Uh, and it's, you know, you ask for the person. When you call it, you want to make sure you know who it is that you're talking to. And we'll go through it two different ways, David, here in a second. But the first step is to ask for the person. If it's David that you're calling, ask for David. Okay? Ask for the person. Give back. Uh, so when you ask for the person, you introduce yourself. So, hey, David, my with David. Hey, David, this is Quintavious with Remax. All right, so ask for the person, introduce yourself, give back to the time. Hey, it's now a good time for you. Hey, did I catch you at a bad time? Uh, can I call you at a later time that works? Give back to the time. Show them that you care about whatever it is that they're doing. And if they're free, now we can neutralize the conversation. Neutralize the conversation to me is, you know, here and now in this time, I relate it to Ole Miss. I said, hey, Ole Miss has, you know, Alabama this weekend. You think we can pull it out? 
Most folks are going to say yes, no, or man, I'm an old Miss fan myself. Bing, got a connection. Or they're going to say, oh, I'm a Mississippi State fan. I hope you guys lose. Bing, got a connection because I played at Ole Miss and I can attest to something, some of the things that they're going to say. You know, uh, but I related to something that is common in my area, which is football and the South is football. And then after I neutralize the conversation, I get to the point. So ask for the person, introduce yourself, uh, give back to the time, neutralize the conversation, and then get to the point. You know, so David, we can role play one, one or twice, uh, once or twice, and so they can hear how it goes, the flow of it. So if I'm calling you, David, uh, the first time, be yourself. The second time, be someone else, okay? All right. Hey, now speak with David. Yeah, this is him. David, Quintavis over at Remax. Did I catch you at a bad time? No, this is good. Got you, man. You know, Ole Miss have Tulane this weekend. You know, Tulane gave Oklahoma run for their money. What you thinking we'll do this week? <laughs> well, Oklahoma lost, uh, you know, or, or cl got close to losing the other day. So I think Ole Miss has a, has a pretty good shot. Man, I'm the same way I think that I hope so. You know, I'm going to that game. But look here, you know, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. You have a house at 123 Main Street. Thought about doing anything with that property? I don't know. You know, values keep coming up and such. You know, man, you know I don't know. Um, it's, look, it's looking pretty good. Perfect. Boom. So that's kind of how that conversation goes. And if it's not David, the conversation will go like this. Hey, my steward David. Yeah, this is David. I thought this wasn't David. You're not oh, David. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. This isn't. No, David's not here. He doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> oh, got it, got it. Uh, is this the owner of 123 Main Street? Um, yes, who's calling? Oh, this is Quintavis over at Remax, man. It's not a good time for you. Yeah. Got it's it. Turning. Well, you know, hopefully my Rebels can pull out a win this week. Uh, we're playing Tulane. Are you a Rebel fan? I am, big time. There we go. You know, I played down there from 2012 to 2016. I was on the Sugar Bowl team. So uh, hopefully we can pull it out. But, look, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. I know you have a house here at 123 Main Street. Have you guys potentially thought about upsizing or downsizing, kind of moving on from this property? Yeah, I'm thinking uh, – I was actually thinking the other day, you know, property values keep coming up. Um, why? What do you have in mind? Well, you know, I'm a real estate agent here locally, and I spend most of my time trying to call folks to help, like yourself. Uh, do you know exactly what that house could potentially sell for, or do you need me to kind of look it up and tell you? I probably need a, some kind of valuation. I mean, I look at Zestimates and Zillow and all these other things. And you know, Yeah, Zillow has never sold a house in our market, and they've never visited a house. So in order for me to kind of get you a value, what I need to do, I need A, for you to tell me any updates you've made. You can text me this once we hang up. And then what I do is I pull the property up uh, and let's set up a time for like Thursday, maybe noon. I'll come by, I'll look at the house, and then I can tell you exactly at that time uh, what this house could potentially sell for. Does that work? Yeah, that's perfect. And boom. So at that time, I will book that appointment and I will go on it. Uh, and that's just how that conversation flows. And it's, it's low pressure. It's just basically feeding off of them. If he was to tell me, hey, I'm not looking to sell my house, then that'll be perfectly fine because it's a numbers game. I'm looking for folks who's looking to sell their house. I'm not going to catch everyone. See, most folks, they want they want everybody who crossed their path to work with them. My neighbor is selling their house with, with another agent. And they see my trucks parked outside all the time. Do I care? 
No. Why? Because that neighbor is going to use who they want to use. I only want to work with people who want to work with me. And and when you have people that want to work with you, you don't have to worry about them leaving you. Uh, so my my goal and my focus is to find the people who are looking to sell and the people who's looking to sell that want to work with me. So that's that's my kind of little five points that I go through every single time on a call. Uh, and it's easy. It gives you something to think about without even thinking. You know what you're going to say next. You ask me during that call, hey, what's, uh, what's the reason for your call? I still went into my neutralizer. I want to get your mind off of that because now I can sense in your in your, in your voice and you got a little urgency on, when, what are you calling me for? So now I, I've related to you, but the old miss and our conversation can go a little smooth at that time. You know, so, yes, sir. No, I love it. I mean, you know, it was definitely a, a fake role playing because I am definitely not an old miss fan. <laughs> I went to University of Alabama, so roll time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay, man. You know, we beat y'all two years in a row. And yeah, yeah, you did. I cried like a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, that, you know, it's, it, it's funny because, you know, it's something so easy, right? So you yeah. made it so simple. Um, you know, you made the conversation, you controlled the conversation, you played, you know, with the role playing. But, you know, that's not just overnight. You know, those are baby no. steps. Those are practice and practice and practice. So yeah. how many cold call, you know, well, let, let's go over this. Who do you cold call, right? And how, how do you, you know, are you just calling expires for sale by owners like through Red X? Or, you know, are you calling other people and how you may be getting those lists? But um, the second thing is, is, you know, um, how many calls are you making a day? Yeah. So I've never, ever, ever called expires. Never. I do call for sale by owners, but my approach for for, for, uh, for sale by owners are uh, is different than anyone else, I, I believe. I know, especially in my market. Uh, so I'm normally calling a true cold call. You know, I put an address into Red X and it'll spit me out the next 100, 200, 300 numbers and I call around that address. And how I get that address is I use my MLS for, you know, just listed uh, property and I call around it. And then what I also do, I call in the morning and the afternoon, I probably go door knock that same neighborhood. Because if you understand the business now is when someone get a listing, nine times out of 10, that agent will send out just listed postcards to all the neighbors and they're going to capture those folks' attention. So it's going to take them three to five business days to send out those postcards. It's going to take me three to five hours to call and door knock. So I'm going to beat them to the punch on their own listing. So then, like I say, I put it into Red X uh, and I call around. Uh, it, does, it, it depends on my day about how many calls. Uh, and it depends on my points. So I have to get four points every single day. And we're going to touch on the four-point system here shortly. But, you know, if, if, if I have two and a half points and I need a point and a half, uh, and I don't have anything else going for that day. I don't foresee me getting four points unless I make calls. I get on the call uh, and I call until I have my four points. If I don't have anything, I'll stay on the phones all day long. I go door knock. I go talk to some folks. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where, hey, I don't have a time on my schedule. If you look at my schedule board, there's no time on it. And B, uh, I don't have a limit on how many calls I want to make, have to make, should make, shouldn't make. So I just start working. And when I reach my goal, whatever it is for that day, then I can choose to stop or I can choose to continue to go and try to get some overtime. 
you know. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's, it's just uh, a feel of what's going on within my day or how many calls I make. But something I will not do and will not bend and, and, and bend on is me getting four points. I'll stand this office to 11 o'clock at night calling folks uh, if I don't have four points for that day. But I set myself up well enough to where I don't have I don't run into that problem because calls that I made two or three weeks ago, I'm following up with those people uh, trying to see, you know, hey, can we set something up? Are you ready? And like today, I have two listing appointments, so I'll get four points. Uh, once they sign, I know for a fact they're going to sign uh, because I've already sent my photographer out there to take pictures. All I have to do now is go see the property myself and get them to sign everything. So I'll have four points by 12 o'clock today from just listings. I got a contract in my email from last night that if my client signs it today, I get four points for that. So it's just, it's, it's power. It's, it's just constantly moving. And I'm setting, see, I'm not calling for today. Most folks, they make that mistake and say, Hey, I'm gonna get on the phones and I'm calling to find me some business today. No, you're calling for today to have business 45, 50, 60 days from now. And you're 45, 50, 60, 90 days out. That's why in my four points, you get half a points for people who are night at least 90 days out from looking. So if they fit within that 90 day box, you get a half a point. All right. And and when you put that in your mind that that's why I'm calling is for the future then it doesn't matter if you reach one person that call session if you have three or four good conversations you now you have 89 days from the day you call to try to transform them into being ready if they can't be ready talk to them about other folks that might be ready so it's ways to do it but if you're getting on the phone thinking i'm gonna pick up the phone and i'm gonna get a listing today you're gonna disappoint yourself every time awesome so your four point system how do you get points and um yeah. You know, is it seven days a week or are you doing it five days a week? Real estate is sold seven days a week. My points is seven days a week. My points don't roll over to the next day and you get zero points for closing. And let me touch on that. The worst thing that can happen in our business is a closing. If you're not replacing that closing every single time. If you're letting stuff close up and you're not going out replacing it, then eventually your business is going to be dry like a desert. Okay, so a closing isn't isn't the greatest thing that can happen within our business. The worst thing. So four points. Uh, we get we get points for activities and we get points for getting contracts and listings and all of that. So four points is a contract that's putting a deal in escrow. I know in some markets, um, you guys call listing agreements contracts. Uh, so that is not four points. That's two points. Putting a deal in escrow is four points. Okay, a listing agreement is two points so getting someone to say yes you're going to sell my house they sign a dotted line is two points going on listing appointments zero points you don't get a point for going up bad and striking out okay you got to get them signed on the dotted line all right and then showing a buyer is one point you can show one buyer 10 houses it's one point or you can show two buyers two houses and it's two points so you get one point per buyer as you're going out spending time with them showing all right, and then you get a half a point for uh, people looking to do business within 90 days. Uh, and and for the for the most part, every time I get a contract, I ask whoever that it is now to sign the contract. Hey, man, do you have anybody else? I need to sell a house uh, next week. Do you have, can you think of anybody that might be looking to sell a house? Or you know, if I'm showing 
as I'm showing them, I'm talking to them, man, what's your cousin doing? Your cousin want to buy a house? What's your friends doing? I'm always trying to figure out who else they know that's looking to buy a house, sell a house, so I can continually build my business. And then when I'm on the phone to the people who aren't ready, I'm asking them that same question. Well, you know, you're not ready, but in 10 years, I know you'll be ready. But I know you have a cousin or somebody who's looking to do something in real estate. Think of them. Who is it? And something, another tool that I use, so and I don't talk about commission much, uh, but so commission-wise, for everybody out there who's getting beat up on commission, that is fine, okay? Because I start at 7%, and if they're asking for discounts, I I will give a 1% discount, but in return, I say, hey, I'll sell you this one point, this one percentage, if you can list five people today who you think is looking to buy, sell a house, or if you'll commit to a four-month, if you haven't sent me someone else uh, who have uh, looking to sell or buy a house within four months, you'll write me a tip for this 1% back. So I don't mind helping you, but you have to help me as well. So we have to start turning that into opportunities to get more business and that costs me one percent on, on a commission you know um and to touch on this for sale by owner thing i know I, I said it um earlier i call for sale by owners two different ways either i'm gonna call them day one they list the house and it's one conversation or i'm gonna wait 15 days and that's another conversation if i call them day one I'm calling them to A, lock them down on the buy side. I don't want to touch the listing. I want to encourage them to sell their house by themselves. I want to encourage them and put it in their mind, hey, you can do this. If I can sell your house, you can sell it. But where are you going next? Do you have anyone helping you find a house? Don't you know it costs you zero bucks to have me to work for you on the buy side to find you a property? Okay, so now, if I set that up the correct way and I'm talking to them and they don't have anybody or uh, even if they do and they're saying, oh, I really don't like going to work with this person and I'm going to start showing them houses, who you think they're going to call back when the house can't sell? They're going to call me back. And my second approach is if I wait 15 days, I do that. What's wrong with the property approach? Because in today's market, houses are selling, you know, in my market, within three or four days, if not three or four hours. So if a house is sitting more than 15 days, you have to assume one of two things. Something is wrong with it or it's the price or something. So what I do is I call them and I say, you know, hey, it's Quintavious over at Remax. Uh, is your house at 123 Main Street still for sale, still available? And once they tell me yes, I say, okay, you know, uh, tell me a little bit about this property. What's wrong with it? And poof, when you say that, oh, they get all defensive. What do you mean what's wrong with my house? There's nothing wrong. I said, whoa, whoa, slow down. I only ask that reason is because, you know, in today's market, uh, this is what's going on. You know, houses are selling three or four days on the market. You guys have been on the market 15 days, uh, but you're also only parked on one street and it's a whole city. And then what do you mean I'm only parked on one street where currently your house is, is on Zillow only? Okay, Zillow. There's 90 different sites, 2,000 different sites out there available for houses to be listed on and sold on. And I can put that out there with one click of a button. Can I come by and see the house and try to help you guys? Most of them are, oh, well, we don't want to pay an agent, blah, blah, blah. Well, hey, the, the, the money part isn't an issue because what I'm going to do anyways is uh, raise your price by the 3% that you would have paid and let me work for my money. 
So now I'm getting uh, business by A, either looking to help folks or B, putting my fee on top of it and getting the deal done. Because in today's market, to sell a house, uh, you know, our average price point is 200 grand. So to sell a house for 206, that's easy. Drop of a button. It can happen. People are offering 10, 15, 20, 30,000 miles over asking. So for me to get that uh, and put my fee on top and I understand what's going on in the market, it's, it's, it's a win-win for them. Uh, and that's what we have to start doing. We have to put people in these win-win situations and then you'll start getting more yeses. Yeah. No, exposing your property uh, to more people to, to, you know, various channels is certainly going to get you more money. You know, I do think that um, if you've looked at the DOJ and the NAR um, settlement and stuff like that, we just have to be very careful um, with, you know, coming up with standard fees or which we don't have because everything's negotiable. Um, And, you know, and it really is, you know, we're not allowed to really say that, you know, it's no cost to a, a buyer because technically there is a cost, even though the seller maybe, you know, customarily being paying it, um, you know, there may be a buyer brokerage fee, there may be all different things. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just want to quantify that with this. I mean, I think that the great tips that you gave for for sale by owners is that sometimes you just don't want to go ahead and look at the for sale by owner as, you know what, I'm trying to get your listing. <laughs> yeah, <Wow>. Brian. <laughs> Q. What's up? Did good work, Rockstar. Like <laughs> you. You're the guy. You're, you're the man. Like you. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that's a great idea with for sale by owners is that, you know, you're not you're not playing the defensive role where you're you're going at them and saying, hey, I want you listening. I want you listening. I want you listening. You're saying, hey, you know, um, I want to help you on the buy side. I want to show you the areas. I want to show you, you know, where you can be in the hopes of creating or building that relationship that if they're having trouble selling, well, maybe they will use you. So I, I love that. Uh, that yeah. Awesome. Q. Um, so uh, we, we went, uh, went over time, but uh, I certainly appreciate it. I always uh, ask my last two questions um, and I always finish with the last two questions. So what's your favorite streaming series? If you watch uh, like Netflix, Hulu, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, you know, what are you currently watching? So my favorite is, I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of the 100. Uh, They've come out with multiple, multiple seasons now. But if you watch the 100 uh, from basically episode one up until now, uh, man, it is awesome. You know, 100 kids drop out of the sky and up to the ground that they've thought now for 100 years uh, wasn't survivable. Uh, And they're living in space. So they, they sent 100 kids to the ground and, lit, you know, little that they know, there's an army of grounders on the ground already living and it's their land. So now they have to fight and, 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 and try to work it out with the grounders to make them able to live there as well or come together. And it's just an awesome show. Everyone should at least watch it once. I've watched it three or four times from season, episode one all the way through season seven. Uh, that's how much I, I, I like about it. And I see something different every time I watch it. I learn, you know, about survival, uh, things, you know, decision making, uh, little stuff like that. You know, that show teaches. Right now, what I'm watching is uh, Money Heist. Uh, that is, yes, that is awesome. They just come out with a new season. 
Um, you know, me, I have a problem with binge watching stuff, you know, so I finished all five of the episodes in one day. So now I'm back to trying to search for something uh, to watch. Something else to kind of watch is Queen of, Queen of the South is another one. Oh yeah, great! I got, I got, I got one for you. Uh, it's called um, Godfather of Harlem. It's a uh, uh, true story. Yeah, it's on. It's on. Um, it's Epics. Uh, so it's Amazon Prime, EPI, and then Epics, EPIX. But yep. it's, uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker plays uh, Bumpy Johnson. He's okay. Um, um, in 1960s, kind of you know, um, kind of like you know, it has like. You know, the black mafia, the Italian mafia, you know, it brings in all kinds of different families and stuff. But it's mm -hmm. also a um, very, I mean, it's a true story. It's based on a, a true story. And Forrest Whitaker is freaking awesome. So uh, I highly recommend that. Anyway, I know we went uh, way over and I, I know your time's valuable. And certainly uh, you need to get to your four points uh, before 12. And I don't want to be the reason you don't. So, uh, <laughs> Q, I, I can't thank you enough for being on here. Great information. Uh, you know, keep up the great work. Uh, be successful as you always are. And if you ever need anything from us, just let us know. Breakfast at the Broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. And uh, have a great week. Yes, well. sir. Appreciate you, man. All right. Take care. All Roll right. time. <laughs> Howdy, man. Come on. <laughs> I'll see you.